going, Longhorn Nation? We are back. Welcome to Texas Talk, your one-stop shop for everything involving Texas Longhorns football. I'm your host, Ryan McLoon, and it is Saturday, February 24th. Today, we will be talking about some 2025 Texas targets on the offensive side of the ball. I had a blog drop last week about this, so I think we're going to hit all of those names along with a few other ones that I'm going to drop in as well. Before we get into it, though, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating wherever you're listening. Also, tell your friends and family about us. After that, make sure to check out our website, texas-talk.com. On the website, you'll be able to find the Longhorns updated roster, depth chart, 2023-2024 recruiting class, transfer portal additions and departures, any trending news, plus our analysis on the team. So be sure to check all of that out. The link to the website will be in the description. All right, let's get into it. Got to start off with the biggest, most important position, and that's the quarterbacks. We got three names here. First off, KJ Lacey, 5'11", 175 pounds, from Alabama, currently committed to Texas. KJ Lacey is incredibly small. It it kind of sounds like that the 5'11 tag is a little bit generous. Even 24-7 sports, I think, has him at 6 foot. So really generous uh, height uh, given to KJ Lacey there. Sounds like he's going to come in a little bit smaller than that. He's getting comps to Bryce Young, though. Obviously, Steve Sarkeesian worked with Bryce Young at Alabama. Um, he wasn't with Bryce Young when he won the Heisman that year, but you know he recruited Bryce Young. He worked with him for a year on the bench. It sounds like K.J. Lacey is drawing those comps from Steve Sarkeesian himself along with a lot of other uh, people in the industry. I think K.J. Lacey's senior year is going to tell us a lot about him, though. Without Alabama's Mr. Football, Ryan Williams, at wide receiver, I kind of want to see how K.J. Lacey performs at the quarterback position. You know, having a guy like that, that alpha number one wide receiver, not only that, though, Ryan Williams being the best player, college football, or the best player in high school football, against all of their opponents at Sarah Land. That's a huge uh, kind of good thing for KJ Lacey to have is is the best way I can put it. So not having that, I kind of want to see how KJ Lacey performs. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see if he can rise up or potentially tumble down the 24-7 sports com- uh, composite rankings. Currently, he's in that top 200 179 area, currently the 13th ranked quarterback in the class. Um, With that size, I'm not sure how much higher he can go. I know Bryce Young was a five-star number one player, but Bryce Young was also incredible in high school. KJ Lacey is really, really good as well, but I think Bryce Young was a different kind of special in high school uh, at modern day especially. So if KJ Lacey does take that next step without, you know, Ryan Williams at wide receiver with him, I think KJ Lacey could kind of shoot up recruiting rankings as well. Just kind of remains to be seen 
if that happens or not, this senior year is a huge year for quarterbacks and their development and, you know, kind of figuring out where they're going to land in 24-7 sports composite rankings. Next up, we have Julian Juju Lewis, also on the smaller side, six foot, 185 pounds from Georgia, currently committed to USC. He is a reclassification from the 2026 class. He was previously the number one player in the 2026 class. This is the only other quarterback I really could see Texas landing in this 2025 class. Whether it be Texas taking two quarterbacks, which I'm not sure Julian Lewis would really come to Texas if if Texas is taking another quarterback. I think Lewis is going to want to start uh, not immediately because he is a reclassification. I would say he was going to take a redshirt year no matter where he goes, but uh, that's just speculation. But I could see him landing at Texas if KJ Lacey does want to stay in the state of Alabama, whether it be at Alabama following his uh, Mr. Football wide receiver, Ryan Williams, or even Auburn, who needs a quarterback of the future right now. And, you know, they have a lot of weapons from that 2024 class, but Auburn really doesn't have that star quarterback, and K.J. Lacey could be that guy for them. So I'm sure K.J. Lacey is still going to be very highly recruited, and it's going to be a matter of Texas kind of holding on to him. And if they can't, I do think Julian Lewis has a lot of interest at in Texas currently and Steve Sarkeesian in that offense. So I kind of could see that happening a couple different ways. Only other quarterback I have uh, listed, and who the only other quarterback that Texas actually offered is Bryce Underwood. A little bit bigger, more prototypical at six foot three, two 205 pounds from the state of Michigan. He's currently an LSU commit. Um, I really don't see anything happening here. I think LSU has really hit their stride in recruiting. They currently have, uh, according to some boards, but pretty close to the number one quarterback, the number one running back, and the number one wide receiver, who we will get to later. LSU is absolutely rolling right now, and I don't think Texas is going to be a player at all in Bryce Underwood. You could say maybe Michigan, him being from Michigan, has a little bit of a chance um, and a couple other schools, I'm sure. But as for Texas, I really don't see that relationship happening anymore. So let's move on to the running backs. I have three names here as well. I originally had four in my article, but uh, DeAndre Tiger Ridden from DeSoto recently committed to the Aggies in Texas A&M. So I kind of took him off the board there for us. I, I Obviously, Texas could ob- always flip a player from Texas A&M to Texas. We've seen it countless times. But for now, we'll just take him off the board and talk about three other names. We have to start Jordan Davison, 5'11", 205 pounds from modern day in California. Currently uncommitted. He's really the only player that Texas is truly pursuing, in my opinion, 
that is a blue chip level player. He is a top 200 player as a running back. That's really good. Um, I've said it on the podcast before, but 24-7 Sports uses their recruiting to kind of gauge how they're going to get drafted in the NFL. As we all know, or should know, or I will teach you right now, the NFL is not prioritizing running backs right now. So, you know, you're not going to see a whole lot of five stars. It's very rare to see a five-star running back because that means that 24-7 sports projects them to go in the first round, which is a lot to ask for. Um, Every given year, you have to be a really, really special player at running back to get drafted in the first round. We saw it with Bijan. We saw it with Jameer Gibbs. Cedric Baxter got that five-star tag a couple cycles ago. So it's obviously still going to happen. But I think players in the top 200, that is a blue chip level player. And Jordan Davison is that. And he's really, like I said, the only one that Texas is in a good spot for at that blue chip level caliber player. Tashard Choice has been doing an incredible job recruiting and also developing talent. So I have full trust in him. And if Jordan Davison opts to not go to Texas, I I completely trust that Tashard Choice, Steve Sarkeesian, they have a plan to get another really, really good running back. Two other names we have at running back who are more down the list. These guys currently are three-star level prospects, but Texas has always, since Steve Sarkeesian has been around, taken one blue-chip level player, top 200 level player, guy who they think can be a workhorse. They've always taken one of those, and then they've always taken one three-star level player, kind of a guy who is their kind of guy, somebody who can do the dirty work, will play special teams, maybe kick return, punt return, um, kind of an all-around gadget football player at the running back position. That kind of seems like it's going to continue. Uh, Riley Wormley, five foot nine inches, 170 pounds from Texas, and Ricky Stewart, five foot 11, 180 pounds from Texas. These two guys fit that to a billing. Um, so if they can pair Jordan Davison with one of these two guys, and maybe even somebody else who I haven't mentioned, it's a very successful recruiting class for Tashard Choice, Steve Sarkeesian, and that running back room once again. Let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to have a little bit of fun and talk about these pass catchers. How's it going, Longhorn Nation? We are back, and as promised, we are talking about 2025 Texas Targets pass catchers. First up, <clears throat> one of my personal favorites, DeCorian Moore, 5'11", 175 pounds, from Duncanville, Texas, currently, though, committed to LSU. This is a guy who... I really feel like Texas should have. He should not leave the state of Texas at the very least. LSU currently has him committed. As I said, LSU is dominating the early 2025 uh, recruiting ranks. 
Decorian Moore is just another piece of that. He's currently the number one wide receiver in the 2025 class. To me, personally, and I think I've seen this in other places, but I can't cite them uh, right now. I just can't remember. He gives me Jalen Waddle kind of vibes, you know, just incredibly fast, a little bit on the smaller side at five foot eleven, but you could see him play on the outside because even though he is a little bit smaller, he has the vertical ability, the ability to catch outside of his frame, the overall athleticism to be an outside wide receiver. And as long as he continues to work on his releases and he doesn't struggle to get off of press coverage, he's going to be lining up wherever you want him to line up. He is just that talented of a player. Um, Like I said, he is currently, though, committed to LSU. And just kind of reading the tea leaves here, it seems like Texas is starting to go harder after a couple other names here that we'll go over, other blue chip wide receiver prospects. And if that's the case, it to me kind of signals that Steve Sarkeesian, Chris Jackson, the wide receiver coach, they don't think that DeCorian Moore is an option anymore. And again, that's just me reading the tea leaves and kind of hypothesizing that. But to me, it seems like Texas is probably still going to go after DeCorian Moore, but they're not putting all of their eggs in that basket. And I think that's a very, very smart move because just like last year, this is another year where there are a ton of talented wide receivers and the three other blue chip five-star prospects that we're going to talk about, I think they're just as exciting as DeCorian Moore is, maybe to a slightly lesser degree, but still really, really exciting. Next, we'll talk about Kalik Lockett. This guy, six foot two, 175 pounds, so a little bit of a lighter frame right now. He is also from Texas, currently uncommitted, and... Sounds like, just looking at 24-7 sports and on three, sounds like that he's the closest to locking in a commitment to Texas out of these guys that we're going to talk about. He reminds me a little bit of Adonai Mitchell. Uh, was on Texas last year with his, his body control, his catch radius away from his frame, and he's still able to kind of get behind the secondary at times with his vertical speed, he's not an absolute burner. He's not going to run a 4-3 something at the combine when he eventually goes there, I don't think. Um, but he still has that long frame at six foot two. He still has that body control that you love to see. This is a kind of player that Sark really wasn't going after or at least wasn't hitting on uh, early in his Texas tenure and even at his later uh, Alabama tenures when he was at, when he had, you know, Jerry Judy and Jalen Waddell, who we talked about, Devonta Smith, um, Henry Ruggs, these guys didn't look or play like that at all. Um, so Steve Sarkeesian is kind of getting a little bit of a different taste of wide receiver in his wide receiver room. And honestly, I kind of love it. Um, I love having a bigger body, and I think Steve Sarkeesian is kind of learning that he likes it as well because, you know, the game was on the line. 
a trip to the national championship. I know um, Xavier Worthy was a little bit banged up at the end of that game, but Steve Sarkeesian called Adonai Mitchell's number at that very last play of the game. That ball was never even supposed to go anywhere else. You got Jatavion Sanders. You have Xavier Worthy, even Jordan Whittington. And they called on Adonai Mitchell, and I feel like it was because of that body control in, you know, catch radius in the red zone is so, so important. Kalik Lockett kind of brings that as well, as does this guy who we're going to talk about next, Caleb Cunningham, six foot three, 180 pounds. He is from Mississippi, again, currently uncommitted. He was not on my blog, neither was the next guy we're going to talk about, Jamie French, but they both scheduled visits to visit Texas in the spring and summer. So felt like that, you know, it's kind of notable to have these guys on our list. Caleb Cunningham, though, he kind of reminds me of DeAndre Hopkins or C.D. Lamb with his, one, his size. It's six foot three, 180. Only going to get a little bit bulked up from there. But the vice grip for hands, his first play on huddle that you watch is him just palming a ball in the red, in the back of the red zone. Absolutely incredible, incredible play. And in that moment, I was like, yeah, this is, this is DeAndre Hopkins-esque with that, those vice grip for hands, the size. Um, Also, you'll see later in his film that yards after the catch is very, very obvious too. That's where I came up with C.D. Lamb a little bit, but that, kind of player is who I envision Caleb Cunningham to become. Him and Kalik Lockett, a lot of similarities. Both of them, not huge burners. They're not going to be running four threes in in the 40-yard dash, but they are athletic enough for the rest of their games to still shine. You know, they're not one-trick ponies either. They have good enough speed to threaten uh, defenses in other ways along with their elite um, traits as well. So Kalik Lockett, Caleb Cunningham, those are two guys who Texas, I think, really, really needs that kind of proto, that kind of body type in this wide receiver room. Next up, in the last kind of true five-star prospect that we'll talk about that Texas is going after is uh, Jamie French, six foot one, 185 pounds, from the state of Florida, currently uncommitted, but he was committed to Alabama before Nick Saban retired. Then he decommitted from Alabama, currently testing the market a little bit. With Kalen DeBoer being there, though, at Alabama now, I feel like Jamie French could end up at Alabama again. Um, Just Kalen DeBoer is going to send a trio of elite wide receivers to the NFL draft this upcoming draft from Washington. So French is going to see that he might still kind of be a lure to Alabama. Maybe it's an NIL play. I don't know. I don't really scared it. I don't really care to speculate any further, but when I watch him play and I don't love this comp, but I wanted to give a comp Micah Hudson-esque, the size, the not super speed, 
but his body control, his hands catching, his route running ability, it kind of just reminds me of what I was watching when I watched Micah Hudson last year. Micah Hudson was a lot more polished, or a little bit more polished, I should say, than French was at the route running aspect of things, but I think French is kind of in that same category as Michael Hudson was, where they're a little bit different than DeCorian Moore's. DeCorian Moore just has that next level gear, like I mentioned with the Jalen Waddle comp, whereas I don't think French or Michael Hudson really have that, or at least not yet. Maybe they will gain it once they get into a college program, but as of right now, still a really elite level prospect. Um, and if Texas can land one of those four, that's going to be a really good wide receiver cycle for them. If they can land two of the four, you're talking about an elite um, wide receiver room heading into the next season. Only other name we're going to talk about here, who I think Texas is in a really good spot for as well, is Marcus Harris, five foot eleven, hundred and eighty pounds from modern day California, also uncommitted, but really is leaning in the Texas's direction, according to twenty four seven Sports and on three. Uh, this is a really lazy one, honestly, but he kind of reminds me of DeAndre Moore. Um, same high school, same measurables, around the same rankings as DeAndre Moore was for twenty four seven Sports as well, in that top 150-ish range, that's where Marcus Harris kind of is, and I could see him shooting up the boards a little bit more, so that's kind of all of the wide receivers we'll talk about. I know that Steve Sarkeesian and Chris Jackson are going to grab another lower four-star, higher three-star level guy as well in this class, just because they typically do that, but as for right now, I thought that the real blue chip level players were the ones that we should go over. And then as this class kind of continues to go on and these blue chips start to get off the board, then we kind of will shift our attention back to the later kind of hidden gem portion of the recruiting cycle. But for right now, I would be ecstatic if Texas could land Kalik Lockett or Caleb Cunningham, I think those are two guys who Texas really, really needs in this wide receiver room. Kind of two guys that they don't really have with Adonai Mitchell gone. Um, Parker Livingstone is kind of that level of player, but he's not that elite level athlete like Kalik Lockett and Caleb Cunningham are heading into their senior year of high school. So really, really excited to see how Texas handles that part of the recruiting cycle. Now, let's talk about the tight ends. And I mentioned pass catchers, but the first guy we're going to talk about is honestly a little bit of a do-it-all grit level player. And that's Amari Winston, 6'1", 123 pounds from the state of Georgia. He is currently committed to Texas. And man, do I hope Texas can hold on to this guy. Now, I mentioned six foot one, 230 pounds. That is a really small tight end, but you know what? It It's more of an H-back or fullback, um, and that's kind of what he played in high school. He looked a ton 
like how San Francisco used Kyle Juszczyk. Um, you maybe saw him in the Super Bowl and throughout the NFL season. That is kind of how I would envision Steve Sarkeesian using Amari Winston. Now, Winston was used a lot in high school. He had almost a th- he had a thousand yard total yards uh, in high school. So obviously, his high school knows how talented he is, and they were not shy about using him. But Texas will probably use him a little bit more sparingly, just because of how much talent this offense is going to have undoubtedly still though this is just a sign that Steve Sarkeesian is trying to add even more layers to his offense from a personnel and a formation standpoint um he's not quite Amari Winston he's not quite the field stream or seam stretcher that Jatavion Sanders was for Texas and for that reason I think that Texas might double dip in the tight end room this offseason, and I think it's a really good idea. But Amari Winston is going to be really, really exciting to watch and hoping that Steve Sarkeesian takes plays from Kyle Shanahan, from the Miami Dolphins, and Mike McDonald. You want to get creative when you have players like this, built that way, six foot one, 230 pounds, but still athletic enough to handle the ball as a running back, as a tight end, as a fullback. You want to be able to use those guys in correct ways because it just really stresses out the defense that you don't know what's going to happen with this guy. It, Amari Winston's first highlight clip is him blocking as a lead blocker in an outside zone um, run. So you know that He's just a different kind of athlete and a different kind of player than we even saw with Jatavion Sanders, and that is really, really exciting for this Texas offense. Next up, we have Kiati Armstrong, six foot five, two hundred and forty-five pounds from the state of Texas. Currently, he is not offered by Texas, I don't believe, um, but kind of just reading the tea leaves here. Texas from the state of Texas at six foot five, 245 pounds. He's a little bit more of a traditional sized tight end currently uncommitted as well. So maybe Texas is waiting for senior seasons to be underway to start offering a couple more names. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. Somebody who they do have offered is Caleb Edwards, six foot six, 225 pounds also, from the state of California, um, you can see that Texas is really attacking the state of California and the state of Texas. Um, a lot, a lot of players are coming from those two states for the Texas Longhorns. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing. Those are two really talented states. So, Caleb Edwards, though, a little bit bigger of a tight end, a little bit slighter though, at 225 pounds. He seems to be that seam stretcher that I mentioned Amari Winston is not, that Jatavian Sanders was. I think Caleb Edwards is kind of that level of player as well. If you remember Deuce Robinson committed to USC, but Texas was right in the thick of things uh, for him as well a couple cycles ago. I believe the 2023 cycle. Um, Caleb Edwards is that kind of player 
Uh, obviously, Deuce Robinson is a freak athletically, and I think USC is even using him as strictly a wide receiver because of how athletic he is. They're not even trying to bulk him up and put him in uh, tight end formations. Caleb Edwards, I think, is going to make his home as an inline tight end. I think he's going to have to bulk up when he does get to the uh, to to college football. But as for right now, I do think he'll bring something to this Texas offense if they can land him. And tight end's a hard position to kind of go over. Not many people track it if you're not a five-star level player. So we'll kind of keep an eye to see if there's any other tight ends that Texas is going after. But if Texas just lands Amari Winston this cycle, I think it's still something to be really, really excited about, like I said. All right, we're going to take one more break, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the big boys for Texas. How's it going, Longhorn Nation? We are back, and we are talking about the Hog Mollies, the big boys, the offensive line that Texas will be targeting for the 2025 cycle. Can't start off any other way but with Michael Fasusi, six foot five, three hundred pounds from the state of Texas. He is a guy who Texas is absolutely going to be coveting. He is really the only blue chip level offensive lineman that Texas is in the mix for. Currently ranked as the number five offensive tackle per twenty four seven sports, but I do feel like that. He could be a riser with a good senior season. He's a guy who Kyle Flood needs to get. Absolutely, he needs to get him because every single year, Texas has had one guy in the top 200. This past cycle, they got a five-star in Brandon Baker for the right side. They need to get another blue-chip left tackle. Michael Fasusi is that guy, just as Kelvin Banks was two cycles ago. Fasusi is a must-get for Texas. And if it's not him, you could say maybe a guy like Ty Hayward from Denton Ryan. Um, He is currently a top 75, top 60 even player in this cycle as well. Six foot six, 270 pounds. But I, I, I think Fasusi is the guy that Kyle Flood is really honing in on. Next guy we'll talk about, John Tate Newman, six foot four, 275 pounds, also from the state of Texas. All these guys are going to be from Texas because if you are the Texas Longhorns, you need to prioritize the state's big boys. You have to. I know Brandon Baker was from modern day last year, but last cycle was... Not a great cycle for Texas offensive linemen, honestly. So Kyle Flood, Steve Sarkeesian, they kind of identified that being maybe a bit of an issue. And they went on to California, secured Brandon Baker. Makes sense to me. But this year, Texas has plenty of really talented offensive linemen. John T. Newman is another one of those, like I said, Six foot four, two hundred and seventy-five pounds could add a little bit of weight, obviously, but he's a full senior season and 
most likely a redshirt year as well to do that. Currently in the top 250 right now, so still technically a blue chip player, but Michael Fasusi is that five-star level player that Texas fans are really kind of looking at as the future of the left side. With Kelvin Banks probably being his last year, puts even more pressure on Kyle Flood to really hit in this recruiting cycle. And offensive line is a spot where Texas has historically been not great at in the past decade or so. Not great is a very, very tame uh, phrase for the Texas offensive line of the past decade. But Kyle Flood needs to change that. You know, um, last year he had three out of five of his starters were holdovers from the Tom Herman era, which is okay. You know, it means that Kyle Flood kind of developed them and Tom Herman, to his credit, found good enough players. But Texas should be a program that is competing for Joe Moore Awards. The Joe Moore Award goes to the best offensive line in the country. And, you know, it's always a debate on who should win it. Last year was Washington, but you could have argued that the Michigan Wolverines could have won it three years in a row. Texas needs to be in that conversation, and they just have not been in the slightest. And even last year, even though their offensive line was pretty solid, they were still not really in that conversation. So Kyle Flood needs to continue to stack elite classes with blue chip player here, blue chip player there, and develop the guys that he takes that are three stars or top 250 guys, but not quite five stars. Kyle Flood needs to continue to develop those guys. And Jonte Newman is kind of in that vein that Texas has kind of landed one of every year. A couple other three-star players that Kyle Flood has really, really um, brought in every single year. Jackson Christensen, six foot five, 290 pounds from the state of Texas as well. All of these guys are uncommitted currently. He is a three-star player that the offensive line is a spot where I think a lot of players shoot up after their senior year just because it's such a physical position that you need that extra year of development, whether it just be to grow into your body, to sprout up another inch or so, um, whatever it may be, I feel like that three stars uh, along the offensive line really don't. Uh, I, I, I don't really care about about your star rating if you're along the offensive line. Um, once you get past that 250 range, I, I, I just, I feel like it's kind of a coin flip if you're uh, if you're going to be that guy or not. Um, when you get into the blue chips, the top 32, that's when I think it becomes important again because that tells me as a consumer and all of you as diehard Texas fans as well, that if you're in the top 32 as an offensive lineman, that means you most likely have the measurables. You most likely have the athleticism um, already um, as a senior in high school or even junior in high school. That is important because then once you get to college, you basically are just honing your craft inches at a time and you're still going to be a first round draft pick 
if all goes well, obviously. But for the three stars, it never shocks me if a three star just kind of sprouts up into the offensive line room and becomes a legitimate contributor. We saw it with Cole Hudson two years ago as a true freshman. He was a very late fourth four-star level player. And he was, you know, really solid as a true freshman. He got hurt last year. DJ Campbell kind of took over that right guard spot, but Cole Hudson still proved to be really, really good contributor for Texas. I'm never surprised about guys like that just because one year of development, one year of just growing in as as a person in your size, that is so, so important for the offensive line. Getting off the soapbox here. Next up, we have Byron Washington. This guy, this is a massive, massive human being from DeSoto, Texas. He is six foot eight, 380 pounds. I want him on Texas. I, I, I want him so bad on Texas just because of that size is in it is incredible how big he is. We thought Kim Williams was huge. Turns out he was less six eight and much, much more of six foot five. Um 350, 360 pounds. Byron Washington might be a verified six foot seven. Six foot seven and a half is what twenty four seven sports has. I'm giving him that half inch just because it's much more fun to say. 380 pounds is insane. Honestly, it's toting on not good because you still have to be able to move laterally if you're an offensive tackle. And at six foot eight, it's tough to ask you to be a guard. You just don't have that leverage that you need as a guard against defensive tackles. So he's almost pigeonholed into that tackle spot, either the right side or the left side. I'm one who believes it doesn't matter. I know traditionally you want your pass protector on the left side and your run blocker on the right side, but honestly, I feel like the way that defensive hit the way that defenses have progressed is they have pass rushers on the right side and on the left side. It doesn't really matter where you line up your quote unquote pass protector of an offensive lineman because whoever the weaker link is, that's who the defense is going to kind of try to stress out the most and put their best pass rusher against him no matter what. So it's so much less cookie cutter than it was, you know, when back in the day when we were making our NCAA teams and we were trying to make this cookie cutter offense. It's so much less like that now where left side, right side, I don't really care about. I don't really care that much about it. Um, I think the bigger debate is on if they can play tackle or if they have to move into guard. Like I said, Byron Washington at that size, he needs to be able to be still pretty elite uh, laterally to stick on the outside. And at six foot eight, honestly, even if you are a step slower than most people, you have three to four inches um, on them of just length and wingspan that, you know, it's still, you still got to get around them. So if you're a half a second slower, but the defensive end has to get four inches more on your outside or 
into your inside, then that kind of makes up for it in its own way. You, you look at guys like Trent Brown um, on the New England Patriots, and I believe he was on San Francisco before then. Might even be retired right now, but Orlando Brown, no relation, but just as big. Um, these are guys who are just massive human beings that it's just straight up tough to get around them because of how big they are, even if they are a step or a slight step slower than your six foot five, six foot six traditional uh, offensive tackles. So Byron Washington is a guy who I think Texas needs to bring in and see if they can mold him into a really dominant tackle prospect because you cannot teach that level of size and length. Um, And I think that's kind of the guy that Kyle Flood is always trying to find in these three-star level prospects. Typically takes two to three three three-stars every year and Every single year you see them and they're six foot six, 300 pounds, and really young. You know, um, that is who Kyle Flood tries to find. And then he has a couple of years to develop them and see if they're going to get any better. And if they aren't, then college football is turning a lot more into a business. And Kyle Flood, Steve Sarkeesian, are, they're likely going to have a talk with these guys and say, hey, you're not going to find a starting spot at this program. Maybe you should transfer out and maybe you can start somewhere. Continue your development, continue what we taught you, learn from new coaches and get to the NFL. But this offensive line is stacked right now. And if you aren't a three-star and you aren't developing into a starter level player, I don't see Kyle Flood and Steve Sarkeesian allowing them to kind of stay on the program. So Byron Washington, I feel like it's not really a risk and any risk whatsoever because, like I said, they take three stars every single year. And if he doesn't work out, it's it's not like how it used to be where you still, you know, have to honor the scholarship, which Texas still will. They're not going to pull any scholarships, but they can lay it out. Just like I said, you know, you are not going to start for the Texas Longhorns most likely ever. This there's you're too buried in the depth chart. Go somewhere else. Go to Houston, SMU. Start there. And guess what? You're going to get you're still going to develop. You're still going to, um, you know, get coached up by these other coaches. And eventually. You'll get a starting job and you'll show NFL teams what you can do. And maybe that'll be enough. Maybe you just need to have some live action bullets to prove that you were worth a starting spot. Um, Another soapbox rant there, but that's kind of the, the cookie cutter architect type of offensive lineman that Kyle flood looks for when you get into that three-star level range. A couple other names that we'll go over really quick are Tyler Thomas, six foot four, six foot five-ish, 317 pounds. Um, and uh, sorry, I'm missing one more here. No, that might, uh, Jordan Coleman 
is also listed for 24-7 sports. I would ha- I have to look much more into him. Right now, he doesn't have any star rankings, but he is offered by Texas from Cedar Hill. Um, six foot five, 310 pounds. That's a guy who I need to look at a little bit more deeper and see why he's offered by Texas, but with no star rating whatsoever. And it's so early in the cycle that the star ratings matter a lot for, I would say, the top 200 players. But after that, top 250, I'd say. But after that, the three stars, those are guys who I could, I would never be shocked if they shoot up the rankings because there's so many high school prospects that 24-7 sports on three, they are not going to be able to watch and properly rank all of these guys before the spring of their senior seasons really the spring of their junior seasons is the better way to put it. They're not going to be able to accurately rank all of these guys. They do the best they can with, you know, the elite, elite level prospects. That's why I put so much emphasis on guys like Michael Fasusi and DeCorian Moore, Kalik Lockett, Caleb Cunningham, Jamie French, Jordan Davison, Juju Lewis, Bryce Underwood, these are guys who 24-7 Sports has really dug into, and they have to feel really good about to rank them all inside their top 100 players. Once you get outside of that, though, I feel like you could see a lot more variance on where these guys will end up at the cycle's end. So always, always keep in mind of that when you're looking at rankings. You know, it's just... A bit of an, uh, you know, kind of just a way to see where these guys are roughly. You know, I wouldn't take too, I wouldn't take any of these rankings too, too seriously just yet. Um, but yeah, that will do it for this week's episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, learned something, or just want to support us at Texas Talk, please give us a rating on your podcast platform of choice. And share us uh, on your social networking site of choice. Also, like I said at the top, with your friends and family, that is the most helpful. Word of mouth is still the best way to grow anything. So that is always very much appreciated. I will be back next week with another Texas Talk podcast, most likely, almost definitely, talking about 2025 Texas targets on the defensive side of the ball. So we're going to hit the defensive side next week. Most likely I'll have a blog out sometime this weekend to again, kind of like I did this week, talk about the defensive guys, give a little bit of a list. We're just looking to add names to a list right now. When you talk about the wide receivers, for instance, I got a little bit more into it because it gets me a little bit more excited, but We'll kind of stick with names for now and hone in uh, once this recruiting cycle starts to really pick up in June, July, and then obviously before National Signing Day 1 in December. So thank you all for listening, and as always, hook them. Mm-hmm.